Hello, listener. Um, I'm Anthea. Um, if you don't know me, um, I do a bunch of things. And one of them is um, I have been working with Damien Cowell for 10 years now, over 10 years now. Um, and since we are midway through the Only the Shit You Love animated video double album extravaganza, um, I had some burning questions for DC um, and when I asked him I just thought some other people might be interested as well so um, I recorded it and in case anyone's interested I'm going to play it for you now. Thanks. Can I ask you some questions? Yes, yes. Um, so I have, I have absolutely no idea what this is for. I just thought um, that my journey of listening to the new songs has been quite different from everybody else's and every week I am doing the viewing party and seeing people's reaction to the next episode um but I unlike everybody else I heard the songs first and then you sent me one video which I think was Jessie's Girl which is like kind of near the middle of the whole thing yeah and then another sort of random one and now I'm watching them in order and now I'm going, oh, <laughs> there's like, there is a linear story <laughs> that yeah. I just didn't get from, yeah. and, and without ever realizing it from listening to the songs, I had some kind of story in my head that when I saw the first video, I was like, whoa, like, this is so different from what was in my brain. Um, so I just thought I wanted to, my main question for you is what, came first did the songs come first or did the story come first yeah um <clears throat> sort of three quarters of the three quarters the song came first so once so that the, like a lot of the songs um had been written in 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 a, a sort of a draft fashion so they so that i kind of knew what they were about but once i then once that then turned into um, I'm going to make a web series. Um, then I had to figure out what the story was that would link the songs. And sometimes the songs didn't quite fit the story. So I had to change the songs a bit to, so that, you know, maybe cut some lyrics out and rewrite other lyrics so that they kind of fitted into what the story was. But essentially, I guess, yeah, that, songs came first and then the story so um <clears throat> which is why which although on the one hand that means you might that might sort of devalue the story a little bit <laughs> why what i hopefully uh, what it hopefully does is that <clears throat> means that you can the songs are actually saying something else as well as the story in fact you couldn't tell what the story is by listening to the song. No, <laughs> no, no. Like I heard, I don't know. I mean, Jesse's girl was in my head was a song about how I, I think most heterosexual females get referred to as the partner of whoever they're <laughs> yeah. hanging out with. And I thought, Oh, Damien, you're getting a bit, I mean, it's not political, but you're getting a bit something. And then I saw the video and was like, no. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like this is, this is a whole other, a whole other beast that fits into this story that, yeah, you would have no idea. Well, hopefully both work because 
that they're, they're both true so um it but it yeah well uh, you know that these ideas um occur to me in these weird ways and because of the stupid way my brain works you know talking about jesse's girl makes me think about the actual lyric to jesse's girl and then makes me imagine who jesse's girl is and then so um so off i went and yeah i initially i suppose i was sort of thinking that um hang on this is a whole song where and and we get to the end of the song and we never actually the girl who is supposedly so wonderful is not even given a name in this song they are I mean, there are the examples, of course. There's the girl from Ipanema, and there's probably yeah. others that. But, but you know, the the it's this weird song which is, um, which is sort of putting a girl on a pedestal, but not really, you know. And uh, I sort of thought, um, that yeah, and that's what led me to thinking of how that's kind of uh, for for so many. Um, for so many women it's like the the you know that old saying the woman behind the man you know and uh so i went off in that yeah i definitely went off in that kind of um on that tangent but then when i was actually doing the storyline um jesse's girl was probably one of the most important songs in the storyline because it was an i was able to actually um take the character and imagine a backstory in the song that you know so that the fact that she broke up with him because jesse the boy um it, you know it's implied that the only reason he went out with her is because her name was jesse as well and he wanted to have a kid called jesse so you know that was that whole kind of male ego thing i suppose so yeah so that that's a that's probably the best example i think of a song which is about a the song is about a lot of things which i hope are actually interesting things and just by the way it's also um a little bit not a lot but a little bit about the, like the the opening all those all those opening exchanges in at the that tony and i do at the start of the song um yeah. jesse's girl thanks for reaching out um you know that's they're all kind of um taken from the 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 many sort of um nice rejections i've had in my solo <laughs> career <laughs> yeah. yeah i love thanks for reaching out yeah i feel yeah. like nothing good has ever started with thanks for oh god out. yeah you, yeah <laughs> don't want to get me started on that but i don't know like i'm i'm these things always catch me out the first person who said thanks for reaching out to me caught me out and just like the first person who said to me uh i'm living the dream right that's another <laughs> that's another phrase the first person who said that to me i thought wow that's fucking hilarious you know that that's great like we were at the we were in the urinal at work and this guy i said how you going and he went uh you know living the dream and i thought fuck what a clever guy <laughs> i have been i've been wrong about you you know like you're much funnier than I thought you were. And it caught me out because, of course, then I find out down the track that everybody fucking says that all the time. Um, and the same with thanks for reaching out. The You know, the first person who I remember saying thanks for reaching out was Courtney Barnett's manager. <laughs> when, 
when I asked her yeah, to be okay. on um, the first, I think it was the first album, yeah. and Courtney Barnett's manager said, thanks for reaching out, I went, oh, what a touchy-feely, you know, the news is bad, but at least they started with it. You know, they <laughs> they they kind of started by saying, I, I acknowledge that you're kind of, you know, you're sort of um, desperately, you know, looking for love in this harsh yeah, world. Making yourself but, vulnerable by yeah, asking the question. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I subsequently realised that people use that phrase instead of just saying, thanks for contact. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, that's right. That's that's what would you know. That's what um, um, when uh, when I asked Christine Kennedy on a date, she used to work at the milk bar across the road from the service station <laughs> when I was working there as a thirteen-year-old. If that was today, she would have said, "Thanks for reaching out, Damien." But no. What did she actually say? Uh, I'm sure she just. I'm sure she just kind of um, ignored the question and just said, "That'll be that'll be fifty cents." Yeah, yeah, classic. <laughs> uh, okay, so wait, so three quarters songs. Yeah, sorry, that was wrong. No, yeah. no, no, that's no. This is good. I just I, I'm try, yeah. trying to trying to absorb so I can reconcile all the things in my brain. Yeah. Okay, and then what about? Because I remember talking about do, you doing an animated series, what feels like a million years ago, but yes. I don't remember at the time ever talking about what the story would be. But I, so, did oh. you have the story before having before wanting to do an animated series, or did you want to do something animated and then the story came? I I had the story first, so I figured out the story because um, because I went because. I realised that there were these um, recurring themes, like that some of the songs seem to be saying the past is is you know it's great fun to 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 have nostalgia, and some of them seem to be saying it's not. Um, and um, you know, even Jessie's girl, for instance, is is um, the 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 idea of that song is sort of she's trying to you know she's she's more than just some bloke's girl, and she's trying to um, the past is actually oppressive, oppresses her, you know. So I had these things about the past and um, so that's when I went, uh, because it's me, I thought, what's the most, you know, I should I should uh, turn this into something bombastic and pretentious. So um, I'll, I'll make it a concept album or something. I'll, I'll actually, rather than just sort of picking the best songs and putting them out, I'll go the other way and do them all and turn them into something, make them into something grandiose. So therefore it was a concept. And then because the songs didn't really, uh, you know, if I put them all out and just said, it's a concept album, people would have been going, what's the fucking concept? Where is it? You know, because they don't. So, so therefore I knew I had to actually write a story. And then when I wrote the story, it was like, what are you going to do with the story? What are your options? You write the story and put it in the liner notes, which is dull, or you um, you uh, perhaps an obvious option would be to make it into some kind of fucking musical. And you know what my feelings are about musicals. One day you're going to do it. <laughs> One day you're just going to wake up and you're going to say the time has come. It's time. It's yeah. time to write that musical. Yeah. Well, 
that that day hasn't arrived. But um, but even even notwithstanding my prejudice against musicals, um, a mat. Well, thank God I didn't do a fucking musical. I'd be broke now. But um, imagine. Imagine going, I'm going to do a musical, like how much money it would take, how much unbelievable amount of of organising and, you know, to me it was just incomprehensible that I could even attempt such a thing. Um, So, and then I thought, what about cartoons, you know? Um, And a cartoon is, a cartoon really appealed to me, not just because I like cartoons and I'm sort of okay at cartooning, but but also because it's so childish. So a musical, a musical can be so pretentious and fucking, you know, but put it into a cartoon, a comic strip, it's uh, there's no question that it's uh, you know um, anything but but um, adolescent, and um, so that sort of appealed to me as well because. You know, as always, I, I'm I'm terribly afraid that um, I'm just a pompous old windbag, and I need to undercut that at every opportunity. So, so yes, the story came first, and then it was, um, then then the medium came last. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's that answers my question. Thank you. Um, my next question is from um, so every. Tuesday night, I see a bunch of people that have pledged in the possible campaign and we do this viewing party thing. Um, yes. And I feel like I feel like I have a pretty good idea before pressing play. There are some of the songs, some of the videos where I go like this is this is gonna kill tonight. Like, like more than like more than others where I go, yeah, these people are gonna love this one. Mm. Um, and, I mean they love they love everything. It finishes every time it finishes and you're not there by then, so people people clap. <laughs> yeah. Um and I just I I, I just watch. <laughs> but but do you do you know, like when you write a song, do you go, This is gonna the people are gonna love this one? Or does yeah. it not that, yeah, I do know that ants, and that happens every time that I write a song. I go, You're gonna <laughs> love this one. And um Yeah, and, okay. But then, after a period of time, uh, then it's uh, then that you know that initial uh, honeymoon phase is over, and some you sort of feel, yeah, this one will work better than others. Some some obviously stand out from the pack, but of course you can be wrong about that as well. And there's really it's really hard to predict how it's really hard to predict how people will react. Um, like you said that um you asked we listened i think was yeah popular yeah now i wouldn't have predicted that oh really yeah i thought that one might be a bit of a you know i might be having a loan of people a bit with that one <laughs> but that's only that's only because of the song i'm not sure i'm not sure i have enough of an objective idea of the episodes the content in each episode yet to yeah. know which one of them will be more popular than others. But, you know, it kind of makes sense now after you told me that because it's got the dummies in it and they are pretty um, compelling, oh, yeah. aren't they? They're so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I can even, like, I would have thought even just the song without the video, I would have thought that was one of the... Well, like, like yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, but I didn't feel that confident about it. I thought, because I, because that was a song that um, had sort of several incarnations before it ended up the way it is. And in fact, it was totally different uh, musically to what it is now. But that was a perfect example of one where when I wrote it, I went, this is a winner. And um, <laughs> and then the more I listened to it, the, the it, it wore off really quickly. And I was going and it got to the point where I went, this isn't working. The lyrics are right, but the music's not doing it for me. So that's when I went back and gave it a, a bit of a makeover. And I'm really glad that I did because I was trying to get away from having an album full of disco bangers. Yeah. And that's clearly not, you know, that's got this sort of um, loungy, bossa nova-y kind of feel to it. And so I really like it for that reason. But I was thinking that if I didn't do an album, see, this is, you can be very wrong about how people perceive you, but I presume that <clears throat> people might like me for the disco bangers or, you know, people might like me um, when I'm, when, when I do stuff that reminds them a bit about Tism, you know, so um, if, and that, that vibe was quite different. So. Yeah. So, I feel yeah. like there are the songs that are loud and fast that stay in your head, but that also are, you get them straight away. So I think like you asked, we listen, I feel like everybody knows that. Everybody kind of knows that concept of like, <clears throat> why the fuck are you asking? Like, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what you think. Oh, oh yeah, great. I'm glad you've done that. Thanks, guys. Um, but no, so great. I feel like you don't need any kind of you don't need to think about that one. Whereas my feeling is over. Like there are a few songs that you've done that I just I feel like they sit with people, and then mm. three years later, those are the ones where they're going like, gee, I'd like to hear the future sound of nostalgia or like mm. something that they've, I don't know, that maybe wasn't so grabby at, at first listen. Yeah. Well, I'm, seeps in. I'm glad you say that. And I, um, um, you know, you're not, you, you're never too old to be a sensitive adolescent as far as reactions concerned. And it's still the case with me. So if I don't hear from people immediately that they love a song, I generally think, mm, oh, that one didn't fucking work, you know. So, um, so yeah. Uh, I mean, I can well understand that they're not all they're not all immediate. They're not all sort of have an immediate effect. But if some have a positive effect down the track, then I'd be I'd be delighted if that's the case, you know. Um, but um, uh, and of course, you never know anyway. Like you only know the people that tell you. So, and the people yeah. that tell you are a very small portion of, of the people who hear it. So I only, I can only presume that generally people who, who buy my stuff, like my stuff, you know, um, I have to get by on that. I'm not sort of saying I need everyone to tell me how great I am, but, um, but yeah, um, you're always a bit insecure. So I put shit out and, um, and sometimes I go, mm, you know, that one seems to have been met with silence. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I'll keep putting them out. Oh, well, you're missing out on the uh, 
the Tuesday night things. You you don't get the instant gratification that I get just yeah. for pressing play. <laughs> I, get the, I get the applause and you're just sitting there going, when's someone going to tell me if they liked it? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I leave early partially because um, I was terribly afraid uh, I, like it's a it's a habit now I have created and I, I do it I will do it every week but the first time I was really quite literally quite scared for the first few episodes that this whole thing would be a total flop and um, that people would go that animation's shit house what's he doing with his life you know and um, so that, I didn't want to be around in case there was there was sort of polite but but you know polite horror or something <laughs> um and um but also you know as as we were saying um i also don't want it to turn into a q a session because i want people to save up their questions for the actual q a session yeah so, yeah well that's fair i've just jumped in line <laughs> <laughs> to ask some questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one more question for you, and that is about the guests on albums. Same thing about the process of when do you have the bits to, and then you go, who's going to sing this bit? Or do you have, oh, this person's available. Why don't I get them to do this bit that I've already done? Uh, I go... I go the second of those choice. So I start with the person who's available, but I don't ask them at that point. Uh, I see if there's something they could do that, that fits them, you know? So, so um, it's, I don't feel confident enough or I'm not um, superstarish enough. I'm not, you know, fucking Mark Ronson or somebody. So I can't, I can't go, Hmm. I think this track would uh, benefit from, you know, Peter Garrett or something, you know, like, like I don't think like that. It's more like um, ideas come into my head of people who I like or whatever, who, who might possibly, you know, unlike Courtney Barnett, um, not thank me for reaching out. And um, so, um, so that comes first, but before I contacted any of them, I went, well, I'm not just going to, like, if there's no song for them to sing, I'm not just going to fucking write one to, to or, yeah. you know, I'm not going to shoehorn them in. Um, but sometimes it's a bit of a, sometimes, you know, it's sort of a bit of a, um, bit of a stretch, but it, it, they, they've all sort of generally turned out pretty good, I reckon. I'm, I'm hoping that no one is, no one sounds like they're badly miscast. Um <laughs> <laughs> no no I don't think so. do you what how many conversations because there have been quite a few different guests that aren't known as being singers yes how many conversations have you had about that's great you're going to be on the album but can you can you sing <laughs> or <laughs> can we give you a speaking bit <laughs> um yeah well I <clears throat> I generally made it made it clear from the outset that they wouldn't have to sing so that the non-singers I I would always say um, there's there's a, I've got a part in mind for you which doesn't need doesn't require you to sing, but if you'd be interested in singing, I I could also you know uh, definitely do that because I I did you know I would would have loved that idea. It's the only person I've been able to really get to do that is Tony, 
um, because he's not like, you know, it's, he's obviously part of the band and my friend and everything. So, um, so, but plus he, he obviously show, <clears throat> has shown over the years that doing songs in his own style, that's all, that's part of his thing. So I knew that he was capable of doing it and he does kind of, you know, it's kind of half declaiming, half singing in a lot of the, certainly on this um, album. So, but with the others, um, I didn't really know if any of them could sing anyway. The only person that I thought could sing that didn't end up singing was Celia Pacuola. And um, I can't quite remember, but she didn't want to sing. She was very adamant that she didn't want to sing. So I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not pushing that one there. But, um, and of course, the other person who I asked who, um, who was very gracious and didn't say, thanks for reaching out, but she, she did turn me down was um, Lee Sales. And she would have, oh. she would have been able to sing um, because I know she can sing. Um, but anyway, that's uh, you know the one that got away. But um, yeah, generally the 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 um, the non singers. But like I quite that that was really big part of it. I really wanted. I didn't want to. I've got a couple of proper singers. You know, there's there's Liz Stringer and Kate Miller Heidke and Ella Hooper trying to think of somebody else I've probably left there. <laughs> Geraldine on this album, you know, but um, but generally speaking, I thought my angle was to put people who you don't expect to be on a rock album on a rock album, you know, and in a lot of, in, in a lot of quite serious, as much as my music can be serious, in a lot of sort of serious uh, kind of contexts. And arguably, John Saffron is a kind of singer. If you, um, you know, he's he's so hilarious on that live clip at the corner hotel. <laughs> yeah, job interview. It's just fantastic. Oh yeah, it yeah. really like it looks like someone living out their fantasy <laughs> in yeah. the in the best possible. Like not in a I don't mean <laughs> mean that in a patronising way, but just yeah. in a like whoa, like I would like to have that much fun at some point in my life. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he he was um, pretty pretty much the star of the show. Although um, I have to say, Sean McAuliffe, um, Sean McAuliffe does a speaking part on "You Asked." Um, he so he that was the that was the um, the scheduled gig was his speaking part, but he also um, unsolicited gave me a, a sung part. Which was, <clears throat> which was not <clears throat> part of that song. He just sang something into the mic, and I will that will turn up uh, as one of the B sides. So oh. I, I took his little sung part and wrote a whole song around it because it was so fantastic to have Sean McAuliffe doing this kind of singing part. <laughs> uh, anyway, that <clears throat> that'll appear. <clears throat> you know how there's these. The little there's the little bits before the episode starts, which goes previously on. Yeah, those little snippets of music will be that they they're the actual bonus tracks that that will um, come out at the end of the series in full. So he will appear on one of those. Spoiler. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
Cool. Thank you. They, they, those were my burning questions. Great. Great. <laughs> um, okay.